We're in Genesis chapter 3 this morning. And as you've seen, the title of the sermon is, What Were We Thinking? And um, this chapter has got some, some interesting things for us. And uh, those that are able, if you'd like to stand as we read God's word, I'm going to read it for us. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree and from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and even, evil. When the, Lord, when the woman saw that the fruit was of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord and the, of God, the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God said, called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed you are above all livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust in all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pain in childbirth. In childbearing, with pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, she, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By your, the sweat of your brow you will eat your food and will, until you return to the ground. Since it, from it you were taken... For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve, because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for, the, for Adam and Eve and his wife, and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat, and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he would have he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. So this chapter is kind of difficult for us. Some people think it's a fairy tale or fable or something. Some people think, oh, that isn't how it all started. That's not really, but that's not the case. This is exactly how things are. This is the opening of sin into the Bible. This is the first mention of sin. Here we go. Boom. Before this, it was talking about creating, 
and animals and everything coming together and God providing for the people and, and giving us real communion with God. It was, it was all good, everything was wonderful, and things were going great. And matter of fact, even the last of chapter 2, it says, and um, the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So there was no shame, no guilt, no any of that stuff. All of it was good. As they say, we were sitting in the garden eating strawberries, you know. Just a great time. And then the serpent comes. You know, we all would love to enjoy that time in the garden again, wouldn't we? And one day we're going to. But right now we don't get to. Now the serpent comes along. Now, when we think of serpents, we think of after this, where he's crawling on the belly. We think of the snake, and you're kind of going like, that's a snake. There's no way he could have convinced me to give it. Now, this is not how it was. Matter of fact, not anything at all. The, um, the Hebrew word for, for the serpent was nachosh, which means a shining one. In other words, this animal glittered like and glimmered like no other animal. Um, he was very clever, very keen, very appealing to the eyes. And, you know, Satan will make himself look that way. Um, some of you may or may not remember, there was a show one time I, um, called Lucifer. Uh, it, was, you know, it was on TV, and it's called Lucifer. And I didn't really watch that much of it, but it really was more accurate than they wanted to admit because this guy was like tall, dark, and handsome, a really good-looking guy. His name was Lucifer. He was the devil, and he could convince people to do things that could win woo people into doing things he wanted them to do and to do act like they, he wanted them to. More truth to that than any of us want to admit. Because we kind of think of that. We have pictured, you know, the, 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 the tail and the pitchfork and the red, you know, all this stuff and the horns and all this and we make it look like this evil thing and who would ever be enticed by him? That's not how it works. That is not what happened to Eve. This serpent was enticing. And, you know, he, he's going to do things, and Satan is very clever. He's going to make himself look good, and he's going to make us deceive, and he's going to exaggerate things, and he's going to deceive us and make things look... You know, his, what was his first question? He didn't ask her about anything. Did, did God really say you couldn't eat of any of the tr trees in the garden? Well, he knew that wasn't true. He knew, he knew that wasn't true, but he exaggerated it to just see. Yeah, so he knew that whatever he was, he was going to try to get any device he could to kind of ploy um, Eve into doing his will and to get his mind, uh, to get her to think about God at a different time. You know, and we do this. Did you hear what Wes did? Now, we don't think about Wes doing something good when we hear a comment like that. We think about, ooh, what did Wes do? They thought of something wild and crazy that Wes probably did. And we have our minds go off in all these different directions. Why? Because we decide, oh, we can believe the negative stuff, and we're going to look at that. And so they're sure that Wes must have done something really wild. What, our ears perk up? We want to hear about it. Ooh, what did he do? Oh, he opened the car door for somebody? Well, that's nothing. Come on, it could have been something better than that. Surely he tripped an old lady. Or surely he did this, you know. 
That's, that's what we want to do. We want to go to that place. And that's what Satan was doing. Satan wasn't interested in, his, in the answer. He wanted to put doubt in Eve's mind. You see, he does that. He wanted, to, he wanted Eve to think that God really didn't mean what he said. Sound familiar? We all the time try to make things like, well, God didn't really mean it that way. He didn't really mean that we would surely die. He didn't mean that he would do that. He goes, you're not, not going to surely die. He's not going to kill you off for that. He's just, you're just going to be smart as he is. Ooh, I'm going to be smart as him? That sounds good. We're told not to worry. We're told to trust God. Do we listen that way? Isn't that the way the devil makes us believe or not believe what God tells us to do? He tells us to do certain things and we kind of go, well, but nah, he won't. He doesn't know my situation. Or he's not got the temptations I have. Or he's not going through the troubles that I'm going through. He doesn't understand. So Eve follows his reasoning, doesn't she? <laughs> She saw the tree was good for, for food. Caught her eye. Ooh, this is not bad. She went from thinking about God and Adam and, and others first and all that stuff to, ooh, what do I want? Isn't that how, God, isn't that how the devil gets us? He quit, keeps us from focusing outward to focusing inward. What's in it for me? Church members do that all the time. What's out there? What, you know, I, we, we start off saying, yeah, we need to bring all these people in. We need to start reaching out to people. We start doing that. We need each one reach one. We need to do all those things. And then we start thinking of, now what's going on with my church? Now why aren't they doing this for me? You know, I have my programs. I want to have my things. I want to have my music. I want to have my stuff. I want that preacher to preach what I want to hear. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. I think I should. We do that to ourselves all the time. That's you know, it's it's interesting. I was just reading an article by Tom Brainer this week about country club churches and how to know if your church is a country club church. And it lists all these things about if you're if it's what you want, if it's got if it's what am I getting out of the church, or what does the church have to offer me? What does it have to do? Then that's how you know you're a member of a country club because you think you're paying your dues, your tithe. That's my dues. And when I pay, I pay my tithe, so you ought to be doing what I want. I pay your salary, preacher. You ought to preach what I want to hear. And you laugh. I've heard that comment. Over the years, they look at it like, you're my hired help. You better do what I want. That's when we have to be careful. And that's happened to Eve. She, all, she put things in the wrong perspective. She left God out of the equation and was putting herself in there. You see, we should make God first and then make, you know, God was first, wasn't he? God was here before all this. Then he did what? He made all the world and then he made man and then he made Eve. All those. And see, they flipped it. Eve decided, I'm going to be first. I'll get my, my, I'll get my guy Adam to do my, what I wanted and, and have him join with me and then, and then we'll worry about God later. 
So the first time Eve experienced fear. All of a sudden, fear hit them. Adam experienced it. Then they also experienced what? Shame. Guilt. Folks, fear, shame, guilt hits all of us, doesn't it? We all deal with it. And that's what happens when sin comes. Guilt and shame and fear all come from knowing we're out of God's will. Sin puts blinders on us so we can only see the physical stuff and not the spiritual stuff. Because let's face it, most of what we are doing is looking out for the physical stuff. We're trying to figure out what's going to be good for me. What's going to happen to this? How am I going to set this up? How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to... Whatever it may be. We see the physical side. We need to be seeing the spiritual side. And as soon as this happened, what happened? Relationship with God changed, didn't it? All of a sudden, their relationship changed. God shows up in the garden. And what did they do? They hid. They hid. Don't we do that? We mess up. Well, I better, I've been, I've been bad, so I better not go. I better not go to church. I better not go. I, I, I'll go go hide because God, I don't want God to find out. I don't want the few. You know, I've even heard that old thing about if they've missed church for a while, you know, oh, the roof's going to cave in if I come in. Right? You all heard that, that comment? We've heard that. Why do we say that? Because we know we've been so bad, we don't know what would happen if we came back. Our sin is so highlighted that we're going, oh, no. We know we're sinners, and all of a sudden, we don't deserve to be around the presence of a holy, almighty God. And... Part of that reasoning is right. We don't deserve to be around a holy, almighty God. They were used to walking and talking with God through the garden every evening. Can you imagine what that was like? They, every evening, God in the cool of the evening would come walking and talking with them and they walking through the garden. What a relationship that is. I mean, that is... That's the relationship God desires from us. That's why he created us in the first place. He wanted us to have that kind of relationship where we just kind of hung out together. And so many of us would say, I don't, I can't, I don't have time to hang out with God. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. I got to go. I have other things. We wants us to hang out with God. And he's showing them. He, says, he shows up and you're hiding. And because we knew we were different, they all of a sudden knew they were naked. It didn't bother them before. The end of chapter 2 said they were both naked and felt no shame. It didn't bother them before. All of a sudden it bothered them. Isn't that interesting? But God still cried out to them. Yo, Adam, Eve, where are you guys? I'm, I'm here. It's time for our walk. It's time to hang out. Where are you? And we're hiding because we know we done messed up. And we didn't want to think. He's still seeking us. He's still looking. The good news is, he still seeks us. He still seeks sinners. He still looks for us. He still is wanting that communion and that fellowship with him. Adam and Eve were in hiding. They didn't want to be found because of their guilt and shame. They didn't want to go looking for God. They did the opposite. They were hiding from God because they had all that stuff hanging on. Going, oh, I can't do this. I can't. I can't do it. 
when they were found, when God kept calling out to them and they finally had to answer, the excuses started. Well, y'all hiding. Um, because uh, we were naked, we were afraid. And I love his response. I, this tells you that God, God still, I think he smiles and still, but still gets, well, who told you you were naked? You see, <laughs> he asks us that every day. Who told you this was bad? Who told you you weren't supposed to do that? Who told Oh, you must have eaten from that tree. I told you not to eat it from. He knew what they'd done. He just made them fess up. <laughs> you ever done that to your child? <laughs> Those parents, you know, you have to do that to your child every once in a while. You know, they're sitting with, 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 with icing all over their face. Have you been into that cake? No. I knew it. It wasn't me. You know? And, 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 and what do we do? We all do exactly that. We laugh. We, we kind of chuckle and say, yeah, <laughs> we know you didn't do anything, did you? You got caught with your hand in the cookie jar, as it were, or you got caught with the icing on your face. You got caught. For, they got caught. They, they all of a sudden ate from the tree that they knew they weren't supposed to. He told them what they had done, and they needed to fess up. Then they started the blame game. Well, that woman you gave me made me eat it. Think about it. <laughs> it was that woman you gave me. God, it's your fault. You gave her to me, and then she made me eat it. I had no choice. She forced it down my mouth. You know? And then Eve kind of looks like, um, um, that animal you created... That serpent over there did it. You know, I would blame him. He's the one. He made me do it. You notice he didn't ask the serpent any questions? He asked about Eve and Adam, but he didn't ask the serpent. Because he knew there was no hope for the serpent. He knew Satan had overtaken him over. And there's no hope for Satan. Folks, we forget that fact. There is no hope for Satan. He's going to keep deceiving us. He's going to keep exaggerating. He's going to do everything he can. But there's no hope for him. He's doomed already. He knows it, but he's going to do everything he can to avoid it as long as he can. Then, the first sacrifice was made. Did y'all catch that? He made skins, animal skins, for them to wear to cover their nakedness. God showed them grace because of his love for them, and he knew he had to cover their sin. But an innocent animal gave its life for that. An innocent animal had to give its life so that they could be covered. But God loved us enough to do that. Well, it goes full circle, doesn't it? Then an innocent man had to die for us so that we could be saved. Jesus had to go to the cross and die for us. What were we thinking? 
Because, folks, you can say it was Adam and Eve's fault all we want, but that's not the case. The case is it's us, mankind, womankind. The time has come for us to come out of hiding and step into the light of God. He still desires that communion and fellowship with us. He wants us to hang out and walk through the garden. And yet, what do we do? We run and hide. We need to let him clothe us. Let him clothe us in his salvation, in his forgiveness of sin, in his watch care over us. He is the creator and the author of our faith. He is the creator and author of all that we are. He provided for us. He provided what we needed the most when we needed it the most. What a mighty God we serve. He loves you and cares for you and wants you to be part of him and to enjoy that fellowship with him. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we thank you for your word and we thank you for the hope you've given us. Lord, we need forgiveness. We continue to go against your will. We need your love, your kindness, your grace, mercy, and forgiveness in our lives right now. Forgive us where we've failed you. Forgive us when we kind of go off and do our own thing. Help us, Lord, to be clothed in your righteousness. What a wonderful God you are, and we praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is our time of invitation. The decision time is yours. Any decision you may need to make, whether it's to unite with this church, whether it's to accept Christ as your Savior, whatever decision you need to make, whatever you need, this is your time as we sing.